Hey guys, it's me, Busy Phillips. Uh, and this is Busy Phillips is doing her best episode two. Here's the deal. Uh, we have a theme song. I know. It seems kind of wild. I sang it. Um, the amazing Jonathan Colton wrote it for us and produced it and played all the instruments. Um, I feel a lot of things about this theme song and we're never going to play the whole thing for you. We may have to release it on iTunes, but uh, I want you to hear a little snippet of it because I think we need to discuss it. show that's just a snippet of the full three and a half minute song I recorded for this <laughs> podcast <laughs> that Jonathan Colton wrote for us the amazing Jonathan Colton Casey St. Ange uh reached out to him directly I've worked with him a little bit through via the thrilling adventure hour show that I do sometimes and he was just so wonderful and uh, gracious and lovely uh, to do this song, to write this original theme <laughs> song for me. Shantira, first impressions, Shantira, uh, of my theme song. First of all, it definitely is your vibe. Uh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> I think it's so cute. Also... It is a theme song. Like, it's, a, it's a real theme song. <laughs> you know, it's not like a radio top, like, contemporary song. It's like, oh, this is for a show, and we don't get yeah. theme songs anymore. And yeah. I think that it's fun. I think it's time. Honestly, I think it's time to bring back theme songs and jingles. Absolutely. And, like, I want it, I want it all. I want to return to some of the things, but not all of the things from the no. past. Only the good things. Yeah. Like theme songs and jingles. And then like racism and oppression and and um and like and misogyny and like the patriarchy yeah. can all stay in the past. They can all go. So this was always going to be the theme song and it was actually kind of ready in time to get into Monday's show. But then once we heard it, I was like, Casey, we can't just like start the show with that and then not talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> because we... When we first started doing the podcast, they offered, oh, you know, we have people that compose all our songs, you know, and, and, but we were like, but we know this great guy and Sim, the, the podcast boss was like, I mean, if you know the Whitney Houston of podcast themes, and I was like, in fact, we do know the Whitney Houston (laughs) of podcast themes. His name's Jonathan Colton. (laughs) And, uh, yeah, and we, but like, 
the hearing it all finished and mixed and produced is truly wild. I said to Casey, and I believe this to be true, and let me know what you guys think. Um, I think it, it it is such a perfect encapsulation of kind of like me as a personality because I have a feeling it's going to be polarizing. I think people are either going to love this or hate it. They're either going to think it's like the dumbest bullshit ever. Like, what is Busy Phillips doing? Why is she singing that like Broadway theme song show tune or they're going to be like I have it stuck in my head I love it so much I downloaded it to my phone I listen to it every morning I just feel like that's kind of the vibe am I wrong remember the season Oprah sang her own theme song do I I was so into it so when we were like talking to Jonathan about making this I think I was inspired by I, I felt like if we achieved like saved by the bell meets Oprah's one season theme song, I would be happy. We're yeah. constantly, Casey, our thing together, like as collaborators and creators, is that we take two things that we love and then we try to just smush them together. <laughs> so like, for instance, Shantara, you know this, but when we went and like, because um, I had sold Busy Tonight to E and then um, like just like kind of blindly, like without a pitch of what it was going to be. So then and it was picked up. And so then Casey and I had to go in and like tell the executives what the show was going to be. Um, they should have stopped us right there. But uh, <laughs> but we said it's they like, loved it. Yeah, well. Also, okay. I liked that job. So, <laughs> um, sorry. Wait, I have like a boob cup in my sports bra is folded over and it's really bugging me. Have you ever had that happen, guys? Do you know what I'm talking about? I'll show you yeah, a picture it's of the, it. Online. It's the pad. It's the it's the it's the boob. It's a little pad insert. In, it's the pad yeah. insert, so you don't see nips. Although, who cares about nips? I'm always down for a nip. Honestly, <laughs> the way my nips work, you can still see them. <laughs> You have very powerful nips. I do very not powerful. have powerful nips. In fact, when I was first uh, a mother and breastfeeding Birdie, I had to wear these weird nipple shields to make my nipples pop out because they like were like too internal or something. Like You have very introverted nipples. I have introverted nipples. Well, they're not introverted. I mean, you can see them sometimes, but I, maybe it's also because I used those shields for a month Anytime or two. I get, even if when I work out, it seems like I am so excited to be at the gym. If I, <laughs> anytime I break a sweat, if I like pick up 10 pounds, my nipples, my nipples are like, let's party. <laughs> you could ring a doorbell. I love that for you, Shantira. I love that for you. I'm sad that right now no one gets that, that joy. Um, they're, well, they're a little hard right now. I'm excited. <laughs> Mine aren't because it's hot and I'm sweating already. Um, okay, wait. What were we talking about? The theme song. Yeah, so we sold the show and oh, we were talking Mr. about how we Rogers, Mr. Rogers meets Pee-wee's Playhouse, but with me. That was how we like basically tried to pitch the show. That's good and, though. <laughs> yeah, it was honestly though, I really feel like people got that. Casey and I always thought it was such like we would always just give ourselves a pat on the back when someone would comment on Twitter or, you know, DM us or whatever and say like, I love... I just love your show. It's like, it reminds me of like Mr. Rogers or like Pee Wee's Playhouse. You know, we're like, yes, that's exactly yes. what it's supposed. That's what we wanted it to be. Our nipples would get hard. Our nipples <laughs> were so hard. Yes. When people, I, my, I even my like... little introverted nipples would just <laughs> pop right out. <laughs> that, not kidding. Anyone that ever tweeted or, or messaged that, that made me, that made me feel like such a success because yeah. when you set out to make something and you have an intention and then somebody tells you back without having been told, 
told, this is what I see when I see this, that feels successful. Ash, yeah. our, fr- our friend Ashley Nicole Black texted uh, Casey and I yesterday uh, after the podcast came out and, and just complimented us and essentially said what the mission of our show is like back to us. And Casey, I was truly like in tears because I was so nervous. Not nervous in, uh, you know, I don't know. Just like whenever you do something new, put yourself out there, talk about Reese Witherspoon's candles, like you just get nervous. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) absolutely. You know, you'll get taken, I don't know, could get taken the wrong way or whatever. (sighs) But, um, but yeah, she texted us where I was going to look for it. But whatever. She, I love her. She's yeah. Nice. You, Shantira is friends with her too. And you she are? Is just, yes. Yes. Why aren't you on our group text? We should add <laughs> Shantira. We have, to, we have to add you in. Shantira, that's where I first met Shantira at Ashley's birthday party. What? We forgot in New York. In yes. New York City. But we forgot until like... Like a year later, we were like, oh, we're, we were at that same birthday party. Yeah. Wait, are but you I kidding? I don't remember a lot of New York because I was so depressed. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> I would yeah. always be like, I don't know. Did we meet? I was very <laughs> sad. I had to wait three hours for the train after I met you. I just remember that like I got there like right when the party, like the, the time she said it would start. Yeah. So I like got there and I was like. Oh, hello. No one else is here yet. <laughs> I was my, there early too. That's, that's why we my met. move. I love, I love being the first to a party. Love it. It is like my favorite. I feel like it's a power move to be the number it one really person is. at a party. Because you know what else? Even if you're just like tired like me and you're just going to go home after, the idea could be that you have somewhere else to go after. Oh, and, yeah. And I always feel like that's like a very powerful place to be. I like yeah. it because you get this. I like it because you get to see um, people's reactions when people show up. Um, oh. I think that's really fun. As for when someone walks in the door, because you've all been at a party and someone walked in, you and they were so excited. You're like, I've never met this person, but everyone's excited to see them. But then we've also <laughs> seen people walk in and people be like, "Oh, hi, Dave." You're like, Oop, "Nobody cares about him." So I think that's like fun to get like a little inside peek at how people feel when people walk in. I love that. <laughs> I like to come early because I like to help. <laughs> I, I like to help get oh. it going. And I think that's a power move as well. You are like, yeah. you are a real uh, helper. You're a real <laughs> helper. And so is your son, Lincoln. Yes. Uh, I've oh, had many. My beautiful son. Shantira is um, Lincoln's third parent. Yeah. I'm obsessed I mean, with him. Um, also, Casey has two sons. So Eli yes. is also one of but my we children. Don't, we don't but know Eli as well because he didn't. He already he went was to college. in college when... They moved out here, so we didn't Lincoln get to spend as much time. Was as still my baby in high school. He and will always Bubba. be my sweet, sweet little baby. And now he's going to college. You guys, Birdie starts middle school today. Oh, oh my god! What? Wild. It's crazy. I'm I'm bummed that like the my favorite thing about sixth grade was getting a locker. I would have been. Did they have lockers in when she was in like K through five? Because that was I was I practiced over the summer opening my lock. They my older like, cousin helped me. <laughs> they sort of had lockers. I don't know. To be honest, Shantira, I'm entering a new phase of parenthood. <laughs> I'm becoming more involved, and I with their school specifically yeah. with their school. I have to say that. So it's funny when we were talking the other day. Um, August 13th, which is Birdie's birthday, was also the very first day of shooting Cougar Town. No joke. Oh, wow. And uh, the, the show, the series, it, we had already done the pilot. We did the pilot when Birdie was like seven months old. On her first birthday, 
was the first day of shooting. And I remember, obviously, because I was like, it's my kid's first birthday and I have to work and I felt all this mom guilt, right? And then it also coincidentally now, 12 years later, is was the first day that we recorded this podcast. It's very strange. Um, but, you know, I was like a real working mom. Like a television show is no joke. You know, you can work like 12, 14 hour days. I will say that, I, you know, as in terms of being a working mom, being one of the stars of a television show is probably <laughs> right on up there with like the best thing you could do. Um, <laughs> because, you know, I had, um, uh, we, we hired our, our daughter's nanny, Ileana, and she would come to work with the baby and stroll her around the lot. And, um, you know, and I got to see Birdie a lot, but at the same time I was a working mom. She started preschool while I was, on that television show. She started uh, elementary school while I was on that TV show. And, um, you know, I just, so because of that, like you just like prioritize as a parent what you're involved in and what you're not, right? Absolutely. And so like the school relationships things were also because I'm like intimidated by schools still always, like I'm scared of principals and and teachers. Um, I kind of just like let Mark take that part and I wasn't really involved in school. However, it's a new day. I'm now involved. I'm super involved. You better watch out because <laughs> I'm the involved parent now. Okay, and so also, would you say that's how you're, how you've been doing your best this week? I would say that I've been doing my best this week. I think that I've actually had a really great week parenting Birdie, which is like, awesome. And it, you know, if you have kids, you, you understand that you have weeks where you're like, I really did not nail it this week. Um, and, <laughs> yes. and I think there were a couple things. First of all, I want to say this, um, Birdie, if you read my book, you know, she's like a very interesting, complicated human, um, as we all are, but she's just, there's no one like Birdie in the world. She's the best. Um, and, uh, she and I had a talk about, because, you know, I try to ask my children for their consent if I post them on my Instagram or and I tell them what I'm going to write about them. So I talked to her about the podcast and I was like, look, I'm doing this podcast. I know you know that. So here's the deal. If you don't want me to talk about you on the podcast, NBD, I don't need to. We can, I can talk about, I have a million things I can talk about, <laughs> but I love you <laughs> and you're such a huge part of my life. So if you do want, you know, if it is okay with you. I can discuss with you what I'm going to share first. And she was like, yeah, you can talk about me. That's fine. So I thought that was cool. And um, she read Call Me By Your Name over the summer. And oh, wow. yeah, she loved it. And then the follow-up book, like Find Me. Yeah. Okay. And um, which she didn't like as much. But so <laughs> then she watched the movie. And um, you guys, you've seen Call Me By Your Name. Obviously. Yes. Yes. Um, and for those of you at home, he fucks a peach. Yeah. And, I mean, there's no other way to say it. I mean, that's just, that's, he fucks there's a, peach. a scene and he fucks a peach. And if you don't know that, I mean, you should have, because I feel like when the movie came out, that's people talked about it. Mm -hmm. But anyway, so the other night she was like, I want to watch Call Me By Your Name again. I like loved the music, blah, blah, blah. Mom, will you watch it with me? I was like, yeah, of course. And we watched it. And like, there's some racy stuff leading up to the peach. Mm -hmm. And then the peach scene came and she's like, yeah, I 
do not want to watch this with you. And I was like, yes, oh my God. No, me neither. Thank God. Can I go to bed? And she's like, yeah, you can go to bed. That's so mature of her, by the way. I know. Because when I I made my dad take me to see Purple Rain on like a visitation and and I really wanted to (laughs) unzip my skin and just have my muscle and skeleton run out of that theater. Wait, the oh. cr- the most embarrassing one I can remember from childhood is, you remember that movie, Ruthless People? Yes, of Wait, course. I randomly watched that with my grandma, Moot. <laughs> <laughs> Our, re- like, rest in peace, Moot. Um, yeah, and they, there's, like, copious, like, comedy screwing scenes <laughs> in the beginning. But I was, like nine years old or something yeah. and I didn't know what to do and I just I stood there I just sat there like a little frozen like I'm not gonna say anything I'm just you gonna just sit don't here. say anything I'm not gonna say anything and I do remember I feel like Moot was like mm, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> like she was like making noises anyway so that was amazing and then you know what Mark and I the next day we were folding laundry and Bernie we were talking about call me by your name and like kind of laughing about when she was like yeah get out of here please um, we were telling her about the movie American Pie. Because oh my so God. many food fucking movies. Oh, I yes. know. And she was like, <laughs> she literally was like, wait, I'm sorry, what? And I was like, it was the number one movie when For I was a, a senior in high school. I was like, and they made like eight of them. And she's like, does he do it to the pie in every one? And I was like, <laughs> I don't know. But I imagine maybe. So I don't know. I'm really loving on this kid this week. Uh, and then... The last thing I want to say is that she told me about a new aesthetic that has a name. And the aesthetic that she's currently, like, kind of into is called Cottagecore. Oh, yeah. I'm familiar. I I am familiar with Cottagecore. I like to see Black Cottagecore on Wait, Black Cottagecore is on Instagram. Instagram. I was looking at it last night. Yeah. I love Black Cottagecore. It's very fun. Well, (laughs) here's what's so funny. Like... I want my girls to have autonomy and I want them to, they are their own people. And like, I get, it must be fucking annoying to have like a mom who's kind of famous. You know what I mean? Like, and you're a girl. Like, I can't even imagine what that must be like, right? Um, I mean, I did have Barbara Phillips to contend with growing up. Oh, but, yeah. I um, mean, Nisi, my mama, Nisi, my bully did not like me, but I saw her in the grocery store one time and she asked me how my mother was doing. No. That's how cool my mom is. That's how cool Nisi is. So I get it. Okay. Well, but Birdie's like very adamant that she's not like me at all. Mm-hmm. Guys. Yes. Have you seen what I dress like? I it's, am cottagecore. Very cottagecore. I didn't I think, even know I was cottagecore until Birdie. You're very cottagecore. Don't point it out to her. Yeah, what? just like let her thrive being like you. Yeah. It's annoying to me. I want her to know that she's like No, me. you can't because it's more fun because she's going to dress like you and it's going to be so cute. It, she's gonna wait, think already she's it is. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'll ask her if I can post this picture. She had me take a picture of her new cottagecore outfit that she's obsessed with. I love that. Uh, like, I, I, I love a new aesthetic though. Have you like... Uh, in 2019, like right around the time we were finishing up Busy Tonight, I like decided that like when it's hot, I kind of want to look like a cute gym teacher. Yes, uh, I remember. I just wear like sh- short shorts with Little like a matching shorts. top and um, like knee socks and cool sneakers. And I was like, I am a fun gym coach from the 90s. And this is my aesthetic right now. Yes, I really I, think it's fun when you just decide you're going to do something new. Can I tell you what Baby Cricket She's not a baby, guys. She's seven. Can I tell you what her aesthetic is? Oh, what she is looks it? like she looks like she is 
in a SoCal pop punk band from the nineties. <laughs> she oh. looks like she looks like um like she's like following the band Rancid around. <laughs> On one side, Birdie is very Claire Danes from my so-called life, and and Cricket is the lead singer from Sublime R.I.P. Um, <laughs> So, Shantira, what are you doing your best at this week? I'm doing my best at um, listening to my parents. What? (laughs) We're all having a good family week. What's happening? Um, Like, my dad is like, Nisi and Linux are Mm -hmm. very interesting. But like, as I've gotten older, like, because of therapy, I've like really taken an initiative to like, talk to my parents <laughs> and my dad uh i talked to him this week and i talked to my mom this week and they were like conversations where when i didn't finish when they were over i wasn't like oh thank god you know what i mean i yeah. feel like we're really growing and my dad um is a funny man for all the reasons we- he's not trying to be funny uh he called me he doesn't check his mail he believes in the postal service, obviously, but he doesn't check his mail because my dad doesn't have the internet at his house. Uh, <laughs> and he has two bills, his phone bill and his light bill because the house is paid for. So like he has a giant mailbox and he checks it like every two months. I sent him a Father's Day card and uh, he called me uh, this week to thank me for it. <laughs> well, that's nice. It is, but it was so fun that he'd be like, uh... I see you sent this. Uh, I I had just checked the mail before you sent this. So uh, it took me about a month to get it. And uh, I want to thank you. And I was like, oh, my gosh, this is so nice. My dad's thanking me, even though it's very late. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And my mom, I talked to her about like, she was like, I'm going to the doctor. I'm going to the grocery store. And I'm like, oh, I love this casual conversation that we're having. When I was 21, no me gusta. So... <laughs> I love I'm just to hear having that. a good family week. Yeah. I think it's so important right now, especially where we're like separated. My older son, who does live on the East Coast, he and I made a pact to have a regular Monday morning phone call that cannot yes. be canceled for any, no work reason, no any other reason. And we talk for like three hours every Monday morning. Yes. And oh, it's like, so cute. It's, it's better than therapy. It's done us a ton of good. So that makes me so happy that you're talking to your family too. Yeah. I also think that you're like late 20s to mid 30s is the time when you like get over all the bullshit that you held on to towards your parents. Like, I really had a lot of bullshit that I was holding on to towards my parents. And then that was the time when it just like all kind of, I allowed it to like disappear. And I realized that they were doing their best. Yes. Some parents are, by the way, some parents we're not. And and if you had a parent that was not doing your best, you don't ever have to forgive them. I'm not your therapist. I don't, you know what I mean? Yeah. But I do think for a lot of us, when you have the realization that your parents were doing their best, like with whatever they were dealt, you know, whatever cards they were dealt, whatever they were dealing with, and you can like kind of move forward, you can really, it can really be a freeing, amazing thing. So Shantira, I'm glad. Casey, what 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 did you do your best at this week? Well, I've been trying to drink a little less, but since pandemic, I've been having a cocktail every night. And I just think like, you know, to mix it up a little bit, I've been trying to drink a little less. So I invented um, something that I'm calling the weed arita. 
<laughs> that, what? <laughs> it's just like an alcohol. This sounds like a combination of two things I love. <laughs> an alcohol-free margarita. I'll share the recipe online if people want it. But um, yeah, that's but what I just Does it have weed at. in it? Yeah, it has like little weed drops in it. <laughs> that's so nice. It I does like the job. I'll tell you that. <laughs> uh, I really like that. That means you're also, uh, weed doesn't have a hangover. So you could probably have a couple of those weedoritas and wake up feeling nice. Yeah, just like, oh, you know, no extra great. carbs. No, you know, <laughs> now, I mean, I don't pay a ton, a ton of attention to that stuff. Like what my body is, what it's going to be at this point. But, um, but you know, uh, it's nice to, it's nice to mix it up and pay attention to what things make you feel like. And um, yeah, yeah so I have I just, to say like every, without fail, every June and July, like at the end of July, I'm like, huh, that's weird. It's like I've gained like seven pounds. Why, how did that happen? And truly, then I'm like, oh, because starting June 1st, I, I open up a bottle of rosé and then I don't put that cap back on until <laughs> until the end of July. Until September. No, and like the, no, because it's always, I swear to God, it's always the end of July when, I, when I'm like, ugh, why am I still working out? I'm eating the same. Everything's normal. Oh, it's the Aperol spritzes and the rosé. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. that's just like how like men will stop drinking beer and get. A literal six pack, no pun intended. Yes, uh, they go from like dad bod to pow. Yeah, it's just like, so, what oh are my you god. Do- Wait, speaking of which, so we were going to talk about like what like other people in the world are doing their best at this week. One of them is Ryan Reynolds, but um, years ago I was standing behind Ryan Reynolds at a Coldplay concert. I mean, this was many, many years <laughs> ago. Actually, it was the night that I met Carrie Bialik, who's my manager now. Oh, wow. Yeah, that night we were kind of like set up on a friend date. It was when I was friends with Jake Gyllenhaal. And Jake, she was his publicist. And he like invited the two of us to go to see Coldplay. He was like, I think you guys would really like each other. And we immediately loved each each other so intensely. He was third wheeling immediately. He was the th- he was not only the third wheel, <laughs> but like we just I don't even we didn't even talk to him. So uh, so we were standing behind Ryan Reynolds at this Coldplay show because like, you know, whenever there's like a big band guys um, and big celebrities want to go, they put them all in the same section. Um, oh. And well, I don't know if that's true, but that's what it felt like. So we were standing behind Ryan Reynolds and Carrie Bialik and I were like, what is that weight? His waist is like, it's like a 22 inch waist. He's got like, I don't know if he was like training at the time for some superhero thing. I mean, this was years and years ago. But then that night we started this WWRRE and we would text each other, what would Ryan Reynolds eat? And like we would text each other like pictures of nachos with WWRRE question mark. And then certainly not. Like Ryan Reynolds would never partake in those nachos. You know, you don't get that like 23 two inch he was waist. doing blade where he like gets trapped by a vampire and then like they they tie his arms down and he he's just like shirtless and hot <laughs> just no so, but so i hot. did audition for two guys a girl in a pizza place oh um oh. to be like a a, a love like a, a guest star yeah Not like Trey a guest LeBron. star who would no. have thought that the guy from the pizza place would turn out to be Ryan Cer- Reynolds? Certainly not me. <laughs> certainly. Not what's me. he up to this week? What, what What's he been doing his best at this oh, week? Oh, you know, he just sold that uh, Avion or whatever it's called, gin company for like 600 and 
fifteen million dollars. Oh, Aviator Gin, right? Six hundred and fifteen million dollars. Is that, that right? Means, is it six hundred? Uh, is six hundred and something? Six. I, it's, I, over either, 600 way, it's over six hundred million dollars. It's over six hundred million dollars. Here's the thing. Um, that means you know he's got at least a hundred million from Deadpool money. So that makes him almost a billionaire. So I like him less. Now, <laughs> <laughs> the only person who I like who's almost a billionaire with six hundred million dollars is Rihanna. <laughs> well, obviously, but also like I do feel a little bit like like he posted this like funny thing about it and like telling it like uh, apologizing to all the people that he like told to fuck off once he found out how much it was selling for or whatever. And like I I uh, okay, but also read the room. <laughs> read the room. Guy, read the uh, room. A, like, this is not the moment, maybe. I don't know. As a young, queer, black woman in today's America, or in America, honestly, it's pretty bad for me. Um, I don't want to see your cheeky joke about $610 million unless you're going to give a good $100 million to something, preferably the um, descendants of the slaves from the plantation you got married on. Yeah, uh, how about that? Let's look up maybe the... <laughs> You know, they they did they they deeply regretted it. They had that really nice statement, um, and they apologized. Yeah, if you I want to see that fucking cash though. Um, <laughs> I want to see him give away. If you get six hundred and ten million dollars for one thing, I want you to start telling me all the ways you gonna help other people with it. Give it away <laughs> immediately before you write the tweet. <laughs> and he's an interesting guy because he, you know, he's very he's very interested in social justice. And so I know yeah. that his on his next film, he's gonna take his part of his own salary or his own salary. I think it was his like, own salary. Yeah, to basically apprentice people of color to come on and learn jobs, which is all really great. And, you know, that's, that's amazing, but it is interesting. It is, it, it's hard to, it's hard to hear about how someone got 610 million. It's hard for it to be a joke between him and his very hot, beautiful, also rich wife for like me to be, it's like Michael Jordan, I don't know, tweeting to Pippen and being like, ha remember when we used to win basketball championships together? <laughs> and it's like, why are you doing this? <laughs> this yeah, is for it's, you. <laughs> it's really interesting. And, and we can talk a little bit, maybe sometime, maybe today about how, you know, when you're very, very wealthy and very, very famous, sometimes you do maybe get a little out of touch with of what, touch. what the people well, would want to hear. You know what I call, you know what I think it turns. We've talked about this IRL. I believe that the moment you stop being able to check yourself in at an airport is the moment you have lost touch with the people. <laughs> okay, so Ryan Reynolds is doing good. He could be doing better. He's doing good things. And then some things that were kind of like, I don't know, Ryan, you could be doing better. But you know who couldn't be doing better? Who? Dolly Parton. No! Ooh, oh my God! She's Sorry, I didn't mean to scream. I'm obsessed. <laughs> I love her. I love she Dolly. is it. She's it. She's our. She's our queen. Yes, Dolly Parton has been a real down ass bitch from the jump. Right? She, islands in the stream. Okay, love her. Also, like she is one of those. We talked about this before. Like how Michelle Williams is like black people be like we fuck with that white lady. We fuck with. Dolly Parton, Jolene. It's every black woman's favorite country song. Yes. <laughs> like, 
And Dolly came out this week. Dolly came out this week in support of uh, many things. She gave a wide ranging interview, but she came out in support of Black Lives Matter saying, do you think only our little white asses matter? And she also talked about (laughs) removing certain words that people found hurtful from her businesses. Like Dixie. And she said, this is the quote. I I copied it because I loved it. Oh, good. When they said, when they when when they said, I don't know, I can't do a Dolly Parton impression. <laughs> when they said Dixie was an offensive word, I thought, well, I don't want to offend anybody. This is a business. We'll just call it the stampede. As soon as you realize that something is a problem, you should fix it. Don't be a dumbass. That's where my heart is. I would never dream of hurting anybody on purpose. I love that. She also said, like, look, we there is such a thing as being ignorant. And the, and the fact is, once you open your eyes and you and you know better, then you have to do better. And that Absolutely. is just the fucking baseline, guys. We don't Everybody. all know everything all the time. But once you learn something, you need to learn it. <laughs> yeah, or at least try. And people get people get so upset out of shame. I think they get embarrassed when they learn that there's something that they didn't know. And so often that leads them to double down on the thing that's embarrassing them. And it's just such a weird reaction. And I just love that Dolly's like, oh, I did this thing. It turns out not I, right. Yeah, it wasn't great. And people brought it to my attention. And I, because I have the most wonderful heart in the universe, was like, I would never want to upset anyone. It's as simple as that. Why would you want to? And I think Busy has talked about this before, you know, but like the best way I can say it uh, is that uh, Dolly Parton could have the biggest ego in the world. She's a badass bitch. But she removed her ego for this learning moment and really tried and is doing better from listening to people. Like, she is big enough. She has had the type of career that if she really wanted to die on this hill, like, she could and still would be the epitome of, like, country music, of stardom and fame. When I started out in the entertainment business, I read a quote from Dolly Parton. And I can't remember verbatim what it is, but it was essentially about how she fundamentally understands how lucky she is every single day to be able to do what it is that she does. And so whether it's like walking onto a movie set or, you know, walking into a recording studio or walking onto Dolly. Hood, Dollywood, what is Dollywood. 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 <laughs> Walking over to Dollywood, whatever it is, she she enters into the space with just gratitude and like and joy for the the fact that she gets to be there. And I have kept that in my head. I would keep that in my head on days when I didn't want to go to work because I was going to miss my kids' first birthday or whatever it was, you know, and just remember like. So many people would love to be in this position and I need to like show up with a smile on my face and prepared and like do my work and hit my marks and and do it in a timely manner and not make a bunch of bullshit about me because it's about all of us. We're all there to do a job. And I'm not even kidding you. That was from Dolly Parton. And I really think that it is 
the most useful advice for anyone in entering into any workspace. Absolutely. Like, just to She's enter a queen. with gratitude. She She's is a such queen. a queen. I'm obsessed and like, with her. I could also go on for another half hour about how she was basically treated as a joke in the entertainment industry because of the way that she looked for, you know, when I was growing up, that was the first thing I knew about Dolly Parton was the way that she looked. But you know what? She's a genius. She's a master business Songwriter. So great amazing songwriter and also just has this really generous philanthropic heart. Uh, I've never heard a bad word about Dolly Parton. And can I ask you guys a question? Do you know the rumors that she has full tattooed sleeves? I yes, have heard that. I've heard and you those know, rumors. I, Shantira and I are like covered with tattoos. We're real tattoo bitches. Yeah. So that makes me love her. I hope it's true. I don't know. If I it's really true. hope it's true. I really want her to be full sleeved. <laughs> so guys, if you haven't heard this rumor, the rumor is that Dolly Parton is not just the greatest human of all time. She's also covered in tattoos. She has two full sleeves of tattoos. This is a rumor. We don't, it's unconfirmed. We don't know. And, uh, and then, and she hasn't like shown her arms since like the nineties. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, I don't know if that's where the rumors started or what, but I am here for it. And I want to know what those tattoos are. I heard I heard further that I heard that they're very feminine and pastel butterflies oh. and beautiful things, bows and butterflies. I'm obsessed. Very girly. I don't know. Again, don't know if it's true. Hope it is true because I love a tattoo. Has lady. anyone ever asked her about it? Probably no not. Dare. Probably not. Who would dare? I would, I would love to ask her about it. Oh, my gosh. If they did, that, that interview never got put out. <laughs> Dolly Parton, always doing her best. She a real one. She's a dream come true. She's a real one. You know who else is a dream come true? Who? She's going to be on our show today. Do you want to introduce her? (gasps) Okay. So, guys, rewind. When, When we're talking about, let's, you know, talking about Black Lives Matter and learning things, unlearning things, doing better, trying our best, uh, I was asked by the author Glennon Doyle to participate in this thing that she was putting together with a few other ladies and some activists called share the mic. And, uh, and I, I was like, yeah, I'll do it. It was where, um, uh, white women with sort of larger platforms gave their, their Instagram's platforms over for a day, uh, to black women in similar industries or, or there were like lots of activists that participated. Um, and the idea was a little bit just like whatever you want to talk about with, our, like with my audience, you know, the people that follow me. And uh, I was paired with Carrie Champion, who I knew who she was, but like, um, I didn't know her. And, um, (laughs) (laughs) and we fell in love. I fell in love with her. I'm obsessed with her. So Carrie Champion has a new show, a new talk show. Mm -hmm. Um, It premieres tonight. uh, And Listen, I already, like, just from watching the preview, I already think I'm obsessed with the show. And uh, and let's, um, let's chat with her and see what's going on. Uh, guys, I mean, listen, my salads, Casey, you give me a lot of grief about the salads. But let me tell you something. Sakara 
Life is one of my favorite salad deliveries that I get. Do you know that? The Saqqara? I I got it on Busy Tonight. Don't you remember when there was like a lot of like kelp and vegan food in the refrigerator? Yes. I have, this is like a genuine, here's the deal, guys. We're going to do some some ads for you. We're going to sell you some stuff. You're going to get some discounts. And that's just the way that this, this whole system works. And the truth is we have been trying very, our hardest to get things and talk to brands that we all legitimately use and like in our lives. And Saqqara, um, along with delicious meals, has daily wellness essentials like supplements, vitamins, herbal teas. I love the herbal tea. I I like that it's like organic and plant-based. And when I like have decided that I've had too much meat in my life or like I want to be better for the environment, I will go to Saqqara because it's hard for me to make sure that I'm getting like all the nutrients and things. Because if I think of like eating plant-based, I think of just like a quesadilla, you know? And so, which I think like a lot of people do. And it sort of is able to change your diet in a way where things are really delicious and flavorful and it's not restricting your intake or food that you eat or are allowed to eat. It's just like giving you new things to nourish yourself with that maybe you didn't think about. Guys, I did Saqqara when we were on Busy Tonight, uh, the delivery, and there was like kelp and all kinds of stuff. And I feel like I shared some stuff with people and everybody really enjoyed it. Um, and I love that they have, along with the delicious meals, daily wellness essentials, supplements, herbal teas to support the nutrition. Um, and listen, it's gotten rave reviews from Goop. So if Gwyneth Paltrow uses it, you better fucking believe it's good. So right now, Saqqara is offering our listeners 20% off their first order when they go to saqqara.com slash our best or enter code our best at checkout. That's Saqqara, S-A-K-A-R-A.com slash our best. So you get 20% off your first order, saqqara.com slash our best. Guys. It is, my daughter is 12 years old and she's like her own person and she does her own things now. And, um, and sometimes she'll come to me and she'll say, I need this thing online. And especially during the last several months, I'm like, I don't, you're not getting any more. We don't need one more box coming to this house. But several, several months ago, she brought me this thing, function of beauty. And she's like, I'd really like this. And it's basically hair care, shampoo, conditioner that's just for you. It's kind of amazing. Um, No matter what your hair type, they create shampoo and conditioner and treatments that fit your unique needs. And for instance, my daughter Birdie and my daughter Cricket have very, very different hair. We have to buy different shampoos for them because Cricket has that like mermaid curls and Birdie has a giant knot. Um, <laughs> that is what her hair type is. And so I signed Birdie up for Function of Beauty. It has over 54 trillion possible ingredient combinations to make sure that your formula is as unique as you. You take like a quick but thorough quiz and you tell them about your hair, which I did with my daughter. Um, next, the Function of Beauty team determine the right blend of ingredients and bottle your custom formula to 
to order. And then they deliver the personalized formula to your door in a cute little bottle with your favorite color and fragrance. We did blue and it smells, I don't know what it smells like. It smells good. And they print your name on it. So Birdie gets her- It's so great for people with weird names. So great. But it's also great if you're in a household with roommates or a household with other people that you are like, don't use my stuff. Your sister, like for instance, Birdie, her sister sees that blue bottle with Birdie on it and she knows that her bottle is pink with Cricket on it. It just makes everything easier in my house and I love it. And I have to say, truly, Birdie's hair has, I felt the difference and it has been so much easier to comb through her hair. Um, And the formulas are vegan and cruelty-free and they never use sulfates or parabens or any other harmful ingredients. I literally love this company. Um... I don't know what you're waiting for at home. You need to go to functionofbeauty.com slash best to take your four-part hair profile quiz and save 20% on your first order. So what are you waiting for? Go to functionofbeauty.com slash best to take your four-part hair profile quiz and save 20% on your first order. Go to functionofbeauty.com slash best for 20% off and... Please let them know that you heard about it from my podcast because I want credit. You know, I'm a real credit bitch. Uh, I need to have credit. Um, That's functionofbeauty.com slash best. Okay, everybody, please welcome my BFF since June. (laughs) Carrie Champion. Okay, Carrie, please meet Casey St. On. She was my showrunner on Busy Tonight, my creative partner. And then this is Shantira Jackson, who's... um, Hi. We worked together on Busy Tonight. She was a writer and a performer, and she still is a writer and a performer, but she just does other stuff now. But now she's here. Both to me uh, on open mic, on Share the Mic. Share the Mic? Yes. Brought them both. Yes, I did. That was around the time when Shantira said to me... Don't ever be feel bad about being tricked by a tricky white lady. <laughs> and you loved that. <laughs> They're tricky. Well, listen, you don't have to tell Carrie twice, right, Carrie? Mm. Ooh, is that like a nice rosé, Carrie? Yeah, but I'm going to call it kombucha. Is that what you're having? I'm going to kombucha. Yeah, yeah, we can call it that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Carrie had like some, some, some before before we became friends, you're just, you've had some tricky white ladies in your past, in your career. Oh my goodness. I, I want to say first to the women who put together, um, share the mic. I felt like a lot of people got some genuine friendships. They, they were able to really, truly, uh, bond with some people. And I was so lucky to get busy, but they picked good because we have the same energy, like the same, like we're all over, busy, busy, literally busy. Um, and so, yeah, and we started talking right away. I was like, I just love her. She's so sweet. She's so honest. She's like, oh, I know. She was like tricky white woman. And then she just started talking. <laughs> she was telling the story. I'm laughing. She's giving up her platform, honestly. She doesn't. And, and people just don't do that. So I, and by the way, not for nothing. She's more of an activist than me. I'm on her page learning about black shit. I was like, she's invited to the barbecue and I'm not. So you had all the information. <laughs> I was so like, no, seriously, like you, which is why I'm so excited to have you on our show because we went down a list. This is so funny. On our new show, we're going down a list of women we want. And I was like, we got to have white people on. And she was like, yeah, outside of HRC and busy, who do you want? <laughs> I, <was just> like, <laughs> 
Mizzy is a top white lady. Yeah, I would be here. People always ask, they're like, what is she like? And I was like, I do not fuck with messed up white ladies. Yes. If she wasn't, if she wasn't the best, your girl would not be hanging with her. I keep my eye, and I'm sure that I'm sure there are many more. I'm just, I haven't be fr- become friends with them. There are many. You're busy. You can't meet all of them. I can't meet all of them. <laughs> well, and I think, you know, listen, I'm hopeful that maybe some tricky white ladies have had to confront their trickiness. Yes. In the last mm-hmm. several months. Yep. And maybe things will be shifting in workplaces for, uh, <laughs> by POC women and, uh, you know, like, for you, for you, Carrie, although now you're such a boss, like no one would fuck with you. Yeah, but before when I wasn't, okay, because this is what we were talking about. You guys have dealt with this. You know, I gotta be honest, as I often am. Uh, what's so <laughs> uncomfortable is that, so when I left ESPN, I had a couple of writers reach out to us, namely from the New York Times, regarding what, what my experience was like there because I left, quote unquote, abruptly. And they were writing a story based on some information they received from the Black people who worked there, the people of color who felt like they were being marginalized and treated poorly. Now, what's happening is that this is an issue from the very, very top. You can't just change it overnight with a few commercials that say Black Lives Matter. So I was very um, careful in my words that I that I chose because I didn't want to seem like I was angry. But the reality is, is that sometimes, Busy, you know this, and we've talked about this, you, they're not even aware. White women are even aware that they're being tricky. Like, it's a true story. Like, Busy told me, she's like, the reason, she told me she was cussing her mama out when she was a kid. Like, whatever, mom, shut the fuck up. And I'd be like, girl, I wish I would. I <laughs> I wouldn't be here today if I was cussing my mama out, like just dismissing her. And so that's when the relationships start to get gray between white women and women of color in the workplace. It's about how we're socialized, right? It's about how we all get along with one another. It's definitely just based on our background. I walk in, I have to respect you, but I don't think you're going to respect me. But now that I realize you don't really have a certain level of respect for women, period, including your mother, it's going to be difficult Mm. for you to A lot. And that is such a good point. I feel like so many women, especially white women, have to overcome that thing, which is that just that American cultural, patriarchal, like we don't respect other women. We're in competition with other women. We don't want to help other women out. Bullshit. Um, So the show is tonight. And what I love is, I mean, I feel like it's very clearly like a late night talk show from... You, you know, where you guys, and you're filming it live. So what's the deal with the COVID? Can I just ask you like logistical yeah. COVID questions? Yeah. What are you doing? <laughs> we are <laughs> there without masks on living our best fucking lives, guys. I know. After each other, we're coughing on each other. Kidding. Um, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, it, it's, it's taped, it's filmed in studio. Uh, mm-hmm. And everyone, it's just such, when I tell you the staff is so, I mean, maybe four people are in there and it's so scaled back. Uh, everyone has on a mask. They have a COVID PPE worker on site. However, Jamel and I both got COVID tests and antibody tests. So we felt we, within the last couple of weeks, so we were comfortable being next to one another. Although on set, we are six, we have social distance. You look like you're kind of far apart. Yeah, we are pretty far apart on set, but right. like, we're doing our research and we're writing, we're doing it together. When we're doing our interviews, we're doing it together because we both have signed off that we were okay with that uh, because we both have been quarantining together. You know, you got a team of people you quarantine with. Yeah, sure. 
People are making their pods. Yeah, and she's <laughs> in my pod. Okay, I was just curious about the the setup. So, well, it's really, it's scaled back. Um, and I'm glad because otherwise the other alternative was to film at our homes individually. And I just want people up in my business like that. Well, yeah, not yeah. only that, but I feel like watching just the clips that I've been able to watch of the show, I'm so excited. I already have it on my DVR. Mm-hmm. Um, it feels real. It feels yeah. like a real show. And yeah. you, what I wouldn't want, especially since it's launching, like, I think you ladies should have the best shot possible to... being in a late night environment. Which yeah. Is really and it's so, it's hard to get into the space anyway. I think... No, is it, Carrie? Tell me. Yeah, as you know. <laughs> as you know. But even imagine two black girls up here trying no, to... No, I know. I'm so, I'm super excited. I don't even, you know, I don't even consider it late night show. Can I just tell you something? And you know this, the S&P, do you guys have S&P when you guys were launching yours? The S&P. Oh, did we? Yeah. <laughs> we had a lot, I got a lot of like really weird misogynistic notes from female executives about... Like what? Like know, what? Like that I was touching my hair too much or that it, at the top of the show when I would like come out, I would run sometimes and that the running was scary. I, 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 did, I was My grandma was mad about that. She <laughs> says, well, why don't, my grandma goes, my baby busy's not running to me anymore. She not, was not pleased. Yeah, I was like, that. <laughs> why'd you have to stop? I don't, I don't get it. Why was it scary? It scared one of the female executives. She was ter- she was frightened when I ran. But that was like the note was like she needs to stop running. I feel like it's I, I feel like it's scary and it doesn't look good. And and that I was too loud. Yeah, a lot of stuff about me being too loud, which by the way, I am too loud. Have that's you met me before. Yeah, that's my I, that's my brand. My yeah. brand is too loud. <laughs> <laughs> what kind of stuff are you guys getting? I, my mind is okay, so I don't feel as bad because I my mind <laughs> Is this because we thought we were being punked? We thought it was a funny conversation because you because coming from ESPN to, to Vice, which is a, a little engine that could, it's owned by A and E, and they do all these different things. So they're like, you are technically in the late night space, even though we film really early. You're technically in the late late night space. You can say fuck, but you can only say it five times. <laughs> five? <laughs> okay. We wish. Yeah. <laughs> you say it six times, it really has to mean something. It has to. Really, we're like, like what? I don't know what the last fuck would mean. And then she they were like, well, they were like, you can say motherfucker all you want. What? Yeah. That's my now, dream. Mind you, I, we come from, we're journalists. We never cursed on air. That's why the, we'll get to my pivot. Why I got quote unquote fired. Cause I said, mother sucker doing a commercial break. And they were like, oh, get rid of her. She's dangerous. So these people were telling me I could, we can set and drink on set. They're like, you can drink. Oh, well, we, we drank. Oh, yeah, we drank. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah, you're like, here, yeah. Okay. Yeah, you have yeah. to. Yeah. Because it's topical. Doing, yeah, but we're doing it in the morning. It's just I, the editing and the turning around. Wow. <laughs> and do you feel like that's so weird to, like, to your vibe? Like, you know, you're supposed to be on at nighttime, but it's morning time. Does that feel weird to you? It would feel weird if I didn't start drinking that early. So <laughs> that's the secret. Yeah, we had yeah. decided to just have some wine, just, you know, or some Bailey's in our coffee. Like we had to do, like, that's the only way to loosen up and just feel this energy that we wanted to bring. It wasn't yeah. like, you know, it's, we're, and so we're just naturally silly anyway, silly and appropriate in the most best way possible. So it, it was good. How did you guys meet? 
Um, she was supposed to get the same job that I was supposed to get at ESPN. We were up for the same gig and I ended up getting it. And back to what you were saying earlier, thinking you can only be one. Um, I decided not to be her friend. I was like, I took this job from this bitch. I ain't talking to her. Blah, blah, blah. Are we cursing the podcast? Yes. Okay. I was like, I'm not talking to her. She's going to be mad at me and jealous. And so whatever. And then, so she went out of her way to email me over and over again to ask to hang out. And I kept pretending like I didn't see it. So finally I was like, fuck, I got to hang out with her. We go have lunch or dinner. And I didn't want to t- talk to her because it felt awkward because I knew I got the job she thought she was supposed to have. And I thought she was just going to completely poop all on me, like shit on me when we got into this dinner situation. Right. And just be passive aggressive. Like, yeah. Yeah, right. yeah. 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 You know how it is. Mm-hmm. And busy. Listen, like, I don't look, I'm not an actress. I wouldn't know anything about it. But everyone is up for the same role that has the same vibe, that has the same feel. And one person gets it over the other person when you think that you're you feel some type of way. I, I don't care who you are as a human. Yeah. Be there, but you do feel some type of way. That's true. And, right. And so yeah. I, I was like, she could be as nice as she wants, but I'm sure she feels some type of way. She had been there six years and she didn't get it. And I just I stepped in off the street and was like, hi, I'll take it. You know, and so we get to this um dinner. She does exactly what I said she was gonna do, and she was just but she was doing it in a way in which she thought she was helping me. She was like, I don't like the way they do this to you on air. And I don't like this. And I'm like, and I was just like, I knew I shouldn't have came, but I was honest with her. And I said, I'm new here. I need to have my own experience. I said, you're giving me too much information. I said, it's almost like being the new grown school and you walk around and you tell me all the people who are shitty, don't be that person's friend. Don't be that person's friend. That person's oh. shitty. I don't want that experience. Right. I, I want to have it on my own. I don't want to determine who I should like and who I should like through you, through your eyes. Right? right. And she apologized. And then she's like, my bad. I gave you too much information. She ended up being absolutely correct. She gave me the <laughs> about all the, all the crazies. She was, she was right. Yeah. She was Turns right. Out. It turns out. Um, and we've been fast and furious ever since one of my closest friends, like, so because people tried to always pit us against one another, they were like, F Carrie, social media, F Carrie, Jamel deserved the job. And Jamel would like retweet and be like, you can never break up two black women. I'm not going to let this narrative live. Yeah. Uh, love that story. Right? I love that too. I mean, it is kind of, that's kind of a pivot for, for Jamel, right? Yeah. Like she thought she was going to get that job. And, and she ended up getting a better job. She got her own show as opposed to being a host on this show. She got her own show like a year and a half later. And a friend and a partner later in life. Later, like, okay. <laughs> win, it's win, win. Story. It was a win all around. But because she taught me, guys, I got to be honest. I was I'm, I grew up under that competitive mindset. She taught me how to be a really good friend towards people you work with, um, because all that happens is that you just make room for everybody to win. And I didn't, I didn't understand that at first. I just didn't. Which is why we really have to start working with each other. We just have to. We don't even understand the the value in that. Like my friends will tell me. Um, like when I, one of my good girlfriends, um, who was going for a race, I was like, you need to be making no more than this. Cause this is how much so-and-so makes. Uh, and she was like, okay, thank you. No one ever talks money to me. Or sometimes women lie about what they make. They round up or round down or whatever. And it's like, you can't win like that. You, yeah, I tell everybody, any new writer, especially a, a, like a, a young writer of like a person of color or a young woman, I'll be like, this is how taxes work when you make this much money. This is yes. what a base rate is in the WGA. Because yes. nobody wants to tell you like how much you make. And I was like, I already signed the contract, girl. 
they're not going to take it away, not at least for 13 more weeks. Right. So this is how much I made and go get your money. Yeah. <laughs> Facts. That is a true story. And it doesn't, it doesn't help you. Like, like, okay. So uh, you guys know this Jamel, I'm working with her, but we also have our own individual production companies as does everyone. Cause we're all looking into getting to ownership. So someone is trying to buy the rights of my life, right. To do a scripted series. Um, and, but the same company that is doing that already has a show in development with Jamel and her producing partner. So I called Jamel and said, how much are you getting per episode as an EP on this, for the show? Because I'm working with the same company. She gives me her exact dollar amount of what she's making. And when they come to me with this bullshit and I'm all like, nope, I know for a fact. And she was like, "Didn't tell them, I told you. I was like, I know for a fact that my friend who isn't, you're not even doing her life rights is making this much. And it turns out that we had our numbers like not right, but still low-balled. <laughs> I'm always, but I really am always thinking about, like, I do feel, and that's why I wrote, I when I wrote to you, I was like, you should be getting, you need to be getting all the money right now. Yeah. Like, this is it. You have this new show coming out. Like, different things happening. I was like, she's right. I need to, and I need to diversify. So many of us who don't, who are not women, we're not financially literate, right? We feel so afraid to make these these different leaps and challenges unless you do it. And I just, you guys, God, God bless. I ever, you know, you don't know my story. I grew up with just my mom. My mom had a GED. My mom, the most money she ever made in a year was maybe $50,000. And for her, that was a great year. So she was like, whoa, I'm rich, $50,000. Now, here I come exceeding every single possible barrier in which she had put up for herself, like knocking doors down, doing shit, making so much money. And then... I literally just, and this is such a good report, I literally just said at the beginning of COVID, I'm going to buy a house. And I bought a house. Like, I closed at the end of this month. Congrats. I, I'm about to see it. On I'm my so own, right? I'm so excited. And I'm all like, this is unheard of from where I come from. Y'all don't understand. Like, it's like, oh, you bought a house in LA? Oh, oh my. You know, like... <laughs> Heard of you guys sit to realize I still go to Big Mama's house and eat and tell her about my stories. You know, this is like legit. Like I was pull up in the hood and be like, what y'all doing? No big deal. But I am still trying to win. And it takes other women to help other women. Um, I I am so excited for you and your house, and I can't wait to get you a housewarming present. Um I'll take all of your shoes. So Carrie, wait, so I want to talk about your career pivot because you and I were texting just a bit before and I was like, I know that you've had some career ups and downs. Yes, I love it. But the one that was a real down ended up (laughs) being a great pivot. Yeah. So let's talk about that in Atlanta. So I, for local reporters, local news reporters, I don't know if you guys watch local news, but wherever you're from, if you watch local news, depending on the size of the market, that reporter, that anchor has come from somewhere else. So I started Absolutely. off I started off in West Virginia, one-man band. I stayed there for six months. Um, then I went to Florida, where I really like cut my teeth and learned a lot about writing and journalism. It was good for me because I really learned how to tell really good stories. Um, and Absolutely. I left and I went to Atlanta and I was like, you can't tell me nothing. I was finally making six figures. I was like, oh, I'm rich, bitch. You know, I was like Dave Chappelle in a round place. Like... <laughs> <laughs> And then I, what I didn't realize is that you guys understand you grow up in LA, anybody who's grown up in LA, uh, especially a black person truly growing up in LA, you don't experience racism overtly or blatantly. You just don't. It's such a diverse place to live. It's not like, fuck yeah, 
inward this, inward that. It's none of that. You just don't, I grew up around everybody. Love is love. So I had a real harsh lesson moving to Atlanta, Georgia. No matter how progressive it may seem, it's still the South, the deep South. You drive 20 minutes outside of, you know, the city and you could be in some unfavorable territory. Uh, and I was down. Girl. I used to have photographers because you would ride in a truck with a photographer who refused to go to certain areas because they were like, I could die if I'm caught, i.e. Ahmaud Aubrey, if I'm caught out wrong, like I won't go. Um, him running down the street or whatever was happening was an exact example of why those photographers I worked with didn't want to go to certain neighborhoods it's because of the, the the laws there in Georgia. That could, they see they saw it happen, and in my mind, I'm like, you guys are crazy and scary. I was so naive; I had no idea. Um, so I get this I get this great story. Uh, it's about a kid. His name was Gennaro Wilson, and he was put in jail at the age of 17 or 16, rather, uh, for having consensual sex with an underage girl who was his girlfriend, but she was white and she was 15. And back then there was this Romeo and Juliet law that said, if you guys were under over a certain age, i.e. 16, you're going to jail. They were just trying to stop child molesters from having sex with little girls. The law didn't really fit him, but he was a young black kid and it was too late. Her parents got upset, found out they were having sex. His life's over. He sent us to jail for the bulk of his life. His mom is fighting left and right to get him out. And I started covering the case and I was on it for like six, seven months. So I get, so we get a call that the case, after all the protesting and all the things that they needed to do, he's coming home. It's overturned. I run into my news director. I go, oh my, no one knew this. I get this this breaking news exclusive, which is a big deal. I go to my news director. I said, Jamal Wilson's getting on today. I cannot wait. I'm so excited. Let me head over to the jail with my photographer. He goes, Carrie, why don't you just wait right here? Um, Do you think you should talk to Reverend Jesse Jackson? And I said, no, I want to go to the jail and I want to cover the case and I want to see him meeting his mother. I want to possibly interview him. Why would I want to talk to Reverend Jesse Jackson first and forth? Like, what? He's like, I just think it would be better if you talked to Jesse. So here's this white man telling me I might be able to get the best out of Reverend Jesse Jackson and not go interview this case, not interview the kid that I've been working on for six months. So I'm furious. And the, the more professional thing to do is to say, I don't think so and handle it the correct way. What I did was cause a scene unlike any other um, and scream and yell and pout and kick in the most unprofessional way possible. So I didn't get fired then, but when I when they had a moment to get rid of my ass, because I was causing so much trouble in the newsroom, they did. And so that was that mother sucker doing commercial break. And they were like, no one says mother sucker. You said motherfucker and you're fired. And I was like, mother sucker is a black word. We use it all the time. What are you saying? So I got fired. Fired for using mother sucker. Ugh. Got fired for cussing out the news director in the newsroom because he made me go talk to Jesse Jackson. That's why. <laughs> um, so... I, it's all over the news, anchor fire, reporter fire, cursing, cursing, cursing. I'm thinking my career is over. Uh, I ended up getting my job back on like a technicality for a couple of months. I come back home to LA. I'm unemployed. I am, I have, I had just bought a brand new car because I thought I was rich. I remember like it was yesterday. I bought a brand new Beamer. I had approximately $200 in my bank account and I had to pay this $700 car note and I didn't know what to do because I didn't have a job. I'm just in LA Mm -hmm. bumming it bumming it. I ended up taking a job as a telemarketer, literally in the back, like asking people if they wanted these coupons. Um, I did that. I went from a television reporter to a telemarketer working in the back of some woman's random house with bad credit because I couldn't pay my car note. I couldn't anywhere. Like I was, I mean, when I tell you I was at my worst, I had never 
felt so desperate. And this is right when the economy was shit too, right? Just it was before. like 2008? Yes, yes. Yeah. Right when Barack got in, that was that one bit of hope for me. But I was, I mean, when I tell you I was the poorest I'd ever been. I Me too, I, Carrie, me too in 2008. I like had a house that went like basically almost into foreclosure. Everybody was poor. Yeah, it was a bad year. Working this lady's the back of her house and, and I call people if they asked if they wanted $200 worth of coupons each week. It was just horrible. <laughs> it was a horrible experience, but it, 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 it taught me humility and it also taught me not to be attached to any one person, place, or thing. I was Carrie the reporter. I didn't have any other identity outside of that. Um, and I learned that if I didn't stick true to hold on to what my mission was in life, and that was to tell the stories of brown girls and to, to be representation for people of color and to uh, empower women. That, that's my purpose, right? That's my mission. That's why I've been blessed to have so many wonderful things. And that is the North Star for me. It can't be, oh, I'm not on TV anymore or, oh, I'm working here. I have to stay focused on what it is I've been put on this earth to do. And that was such a humbling experience for me. But it hurt like hell because I had such a bad reputation for a long time in local news. But it was the best thing because it forced me to pivot. And I couldn't cover just local news. I went into sports because they didn't know shit about me. They didn't know I cut somebody out in Atlanta. So I started working at the Tennis Channel. Um, and it was like, you know, one-stop shopping. Maybe, you know, I moved up slowly but surely. Who knows? Maybe I was making $500 a week. Who knows? I was poor as hell, but I was doing really good work that made me proud because I was telling stories with these great women who play tennis. And I was traveling based on, on their dime. And that's all she wrote. I saw ESPN one day covering a story at one of the tournaments. I said, I think I'll go work for them. And I just put that in the atmosphere and made it happen. I literally didn't have an agent. I flew myself out there, applied for the job myself, flew myself back home and kept aggressively reaching out to them and saying, whenever you guys have an opening, I'm available. And they had that opening, the one I talked about with Jamel. Yeah. But to tell you, if I had never gotten fired, I probably would have been a local news reporter here in LA talking about the weather is, or pothole this, or this place is closed today. I would have been standing in front of something, making up something, and I would not have ever, I would have never told you in a million years I would have been on ESPN or having my own television show. But it's interesting that you, like, after getting fired, it forced you to really reevaluate what your mission is and yeah. why what you're doing. Because I do think that so many people, like you get sucked into the trap, right? You got sucked into the world of like, okay, you're going from this market to this market to this market. And you were like a big, you know, you were a big deal and you were feeling yourself and you, you know, had feelings and everybody needed to know. (laughs) But then once you like had that moment of having to sit with yourself for a second... And reevaluate because now, I mean, you guys, Carrie does, has an organization that is so incredible. Tell them your organization because I can't remember it. Brown Girls Dream. It's just basically helping your dreams come true, but you got to work hard. You can't come here and ask for a handout. You got to be willing to work. Mentorship. It's like mentorship. (laughs) Shantira, you should do, you should do, you should do some mentorship for any girls that want to like do uh, like television writing or anything. I would love to write. Oh, I would love that. I feel like the success that you've had, like, post that firing, post that year, has been probably 
more fulfilling in so many ways because also I do think you've been successful in showing your own personality and who yeah. you are and and what you're all about, right? Yeah. I Listen, I, I think everything is... like I always say this. I don't know if you guys feel this way. Everybody needs one to fire. <laughs> well, Carrie, I just love you so much. And I know you've been up since the crack of dawn doing press and I don't want to keep you. I do love... I do love your pivot. Ladies, do you have any other questions for our, my sweet BFF, Carrie? No, I just love that you talked about like considering what your mission is in life. I, that's something that's really important to me. And so to hear that you feel the same way and that you're doing so successfully with it is really wonderful. That's so, are you crying, Casey? Um, Maybe a little bit. You are, you're teary. I can tell when Casey gets teary. It is though, Carrie, like it's so, um, especially because Jamil, I know, had her own setbacks and she's oh, not here to chat. I'd love to you chat. You got to have her on. Yeah, no. But yeah, I would really love it. We should have had both of you, but what, you, you know. Have, but that's okay. Well, I'll give you your information. She, when I tell you, sorry, let's take a side break. She loves you. She was like, I fuck with Busy. I was like, I fuck with Busy too. She was like, you have, to have her on the show. I was like, done. Well, I, I love her. And I do know, like, I feel like both of you, you know, you've worked so hard. You're both so smart and so talented and have so many incredible things to say. And you're right. Like as black women, when do you get this shot to get your own late yeah. night talk show? Uh, uh, I mean, I, I'm thrilled, like could not be more excited to watch. I, it's my new favorite show. I love you. We're seeing uh, you guys, a side note, I know this country is shit right now and we have a lot of things going on, but this year, honestly, if you look at it, this year demands that we be better. And I am so fortunate to have people like busy in my life where I'm like, Carrie, stop being jaded. Fuck with white women. You know, I have to really be open. And the, the fact that you have such a, a, a huge platform and you are, as you and look at the people you're working with, they have good spirits and souls. You can tell right away. We're old enough to recognize, you know, good people. Like I don't I only want good people around me. Um, I don't have time for the bullshit. No, it's all the bullshit's done. We're yeah. done with the bullshit. I, I, yeah. I, I don't, I don't even know how to do it. I just feel like, okay, I don't like you. So I'm not talking. <laughs> uh, so LeBron is on tonight. Is that yeah, right? I love him. He's going to, He's gonna knock your socks off. Well, we've we're trying. He's a dream. He's a dream guest for me. He, Maybe he'll he's gonna talk to you about the he really is gonna run for office, guys. That's my prediction. You watch him. He should. He should. He should. He's, he's, he should. He's gonna run for office. He walks the walk. He walks the walk. And I, I really appreciate that he puts his money where his mouth is yes. and, and where his community is yes. and where people need it most. He is yeah. not fucking around. I'm telling you, and nobody's perfect. Look, ain't nobody perfect. I ain't gonna say and talk about nobody being perfect, but we need some people who really who understand that hardship. You know what I mean? And who can who want to help the country. And anyway, I feel like this year has been great. It's demanding that we be better. Um, I'm just trying to keep up with busy. It has been a pleasure. <laughs> oh, thank you so much for coming. I'm looking forward. I always love seeing two black girls on TV. Hey! <laughs> <laughs> We all do. We deserve it. This is the show that we need right now. And um, and I'm so excited. So everybody tune in tonight. Is it 10 p.m.? Yeah, right? on Vice. Stick 10 to p.m. Sport. on Vice. Carrie and Jamel, stick to sports. Stick. Okay, I love you. I adore you. You look beautiful. Congratulations. I can't wait to watch tonight. Thanks, Carrie. Bye. Bye, guys. Bye. <laughs> Well, this is the one that Shantira is super excited about. And I know she's hopeful that maybe it will mean that she can get in on the action. I'm trying to learn all the love languages, baby. You want all the, you want all the romance languages. Yeah, well, Babbel, 
Babbel can help you with that. Spanish, French, Italian, German, Sunday if you want. Sunday la biblioteca, and I'm going to find out what that means. I really, I've always wanted to be fluent in Spanish. It's been something that I, I'm, I've felt, I've actually felt like, uh, like I have, there's something wrong with me that I'm not. And um, it's been on my to-do list. And now I just feel like, you know, no better time than the present. Yeah. I have a good friend who, um, Irene, used Babbel to learn Spanish and she like loved it. And I, I'm, I'm ready, guys. And Shantira's ready. And Casey, yeah. what about you? Yeah, I would totally, I will learn to speak Spanish to speak Spanish with you. I took Spanish in school, but I could use a sincere, intense brush up. I just remember well, the swear words. <laughs> Babbel makes it fun and it's easy to start having conversations. Maybe you've been thinking about relearning the language you took in high school or college, but think it'll take too much time. Well, Babbel can help you pick it back up. They design their courses with real world conversations in mind. So you learn everyday practical conversations that you'll actually use. The daily lessons are only 10 to 15 minutes and they, it's just what it takes you to do the dishes. So you can put it on and do the dishes. I'm just speaking from personal experience. This is how I'm going to use it in my life. This is what I. This is what I'm going to do. No more dancing to David Byrne. I'm going to le- learn a new language as I put away the dishes. Um, it, they start by like just teaching you words and phrases, and then the sentences gradually get more complex. And then soon, guys, you're having short conversations in another language. When do the dreams start? That's what I want. Oh, I want to yeah. get to the point where I dream in another language. Um, anyway, the lessons are thoughtfully created by over a hundred language experts and their teaching method has been scientifically proven to be effective across multiple studies. That's fantastic. Well, we're all excited here for Babbel. We're super thrilled. Um, you can choose 14 different languages, Spanish, French, Italian, German, and Babbel is available as an app or online. So all of your progress will be synced across all of your devices. And right now, when you purchase a three-month subscription, Babbel will give our listeners three additional months for free with the promo code OURBEST. That's three additional months free if you go to babbel.com and use the promo code OURBEST on your three-month subscription. That's B-A-B-B-E-L.com. Promo code our best. Okay, guys. So I don't know if you're aware that since the beginning of August, I joined Poshmark to do a sale for charity. Like I cleaned out my closet during core, the first few months of core. I spent a lot of time organizing and cleaning everything out. Like a lot of people, I think, did, right? And I have been truly trying to like figure out a way to live a more sustainable life and like recycle and reuse and buy. I always have bought vintage clothes or um, clothes from, you know, yeah, like, you know, thrift stores or whatever. They're not called thrift stores. What are they called? Like, I guess they're called vintage stores, but like resale, resale, resale. Well, it's not the moment probably to be going into like a resale shop looking for clothes, but it is the moment to be going on Poshmark. Uh, download the free Poshmark app. Poshmark carries women and kids and men. I've been adding, I've continued to add to my own Poshmark closet. There's still a couple items for sale. All of my proceeds are going 
to the charity Donors Choose, which helps teachers. Um, I think I'm going to do more sales throughout the year for different charity organizations. I'm really excited about it. But I also have been shopping myself and it's really fun. Uh, Anyway, when you make a sale, Poshmark sends you an email with the shipping label. So you just literally tape it on the box or the envelope and then you drop it at the post office or you schedule a pickup. So this August 18th, I'm going to be adding a bunch more items uh, to my own closet for charity. And you can shop from all my, my Kate Spade jumpsuit, Madewell jeans, uh, Rebecca Taylor patched denim jacket. Oh my God, wait, seriously, I gave that away. I'm not even kidding. I literally was like, oh shit, I want that. I could buy a bag for myself. No, it's okay. You guys, if you get it, just know that I love it. Um, Poshmark is the easiest way to buy and sell items. This is a true story. Uh, I asked Ray to do some research because I knew I wanted to sell my clothes for charity. And I was like, we just need the easiest one. What's going to be the easiest way to do this, to get it all done? And Poshmark was overwhelmingly the response that everybody that we talked to and anyone who had like sold or bought clothes online um, resale said, Poshmark is the easiest. Um, If you're new to Poshmark, please use my referral code at... Busy Phillips. Now, this is going to be hard for you because you have to spell my last name right. It's B-U-S-Y. It's my first name. P-H-I-L-I-P-P-S. So at Busy Phillips. P-H-I-L-I-P-P-S. One L, two Ps. Technically three. Oh, God. Anyway, you're going to get $10 off your first purchase. That's very exciting. Download the free Poshmark app today. Start cleaning out your closet, selling your stuff. Get new stuff. It's fun. Okay, guys, I just love her. I love her so much. You She's guys great. tune in tonight. Uh, Vice, Carrie and Jamil. Stick to sports. And don't do what people did with our show, which is just watch clips on Instagram or online and not watch the actual show because that doesn't count to networks. And then they cancel you. We need it to stay on. We need their show to stay on. We need their show to stay on because I want to hear what those two ladies have to say for the rest of all time. I uh, just love them. All right, guys. We asked you to write in to our email address. What's the email again, Casey? Busydoingherbest at gmail.com. Listen, if you need some advice about possible pivots in your life, write in. If you have a story that you need to share with us, please write in. Um, Somebody posted on my Instagram, a comment on my Instagram that she essentially invented Kindle for a project in middle school. (laughs) And her teacher was like, that's insane. No one's going to read a book on a screen. (laughs) Dang. Well, 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 well. (laughs) I love that. I love people who've like, who are like, I came up with that. (laughs) All right. Kim wrote us this letter. Hi, Busy. I'd like some advice. Great, Kim. I'd love to give it to you. My husband and I live in a one-bedroom apartment in Oakland, and I want nothing more than to move out to somewhere more affordable so we can have more room and consider owning a home and maybe starting a family. He, ellipses, 
doesn't like change and is very hesitant to make big moves. What do I have to do to convince him that we're wasting time and money staying in the smallest apartment I've ever lived in? I sometimes want to say I'm going without him, which would be interesting since he has a green card through me and we need to stay married for at least another two years. Whoa! Kim! Plot twist! Kim, you hold all the cards. Yeah. (laughs) Literally and figuratively. Only a man could tell you no when you literally could get him deported. (laughs) I mean, (laughs) that's privilege. That's privilege. That is masculinity at its best to be like, we're going to do what I want. And it's like, but like you, not even the conversation about it is the thing that really like kind of bumps me but yeah like only a man would be like we have to really think about what I want and it's like girl you need a green card <laughs> yeah. I, 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 Kim I gotta say I, I don't know I, I don't know about this um this sounds like maybe it's a starter marriage <laughs> I will say we can only go by what's in the letter and I had a little bit of a different take if he has a green card through Kim it's he's already come from another country and i'd imagine that that's a huge change in someone's life and um you're so empathetic with everything with everything that's happening with immigrants in this country currently maybe he's just scared to make a big move you know we always say busy only do things out of love or out of fear and we try really hard not to do anything out of fear and only love So it sounds like he's afraid to move to me. It sounds like he's afraid to either make a big move or maybe he feels like moving to somewhere more permanent would be tempting fate at this moment in time when he's an immigrant, depending on someone to keep him in the country. I don't know, Kim. I don't know your life, but I I have a little empathy for your husband. I do have empathy for him. You're so sweet. You have empathy for everyone, Casey. Yeah, I I know. I, now I see it in that way. So now I think Casey is right. <laughs> I I see it. Um, I completely agree with that. Like the change thing. But I also am like very fiscally responsible. And I think that your home should be something that you enjoy being at, especially in these current trying times. For so sure. I'm assuming that this conversation has come up more than once. And I think it's really easy to live in an apartment that you don't like very much, to have roommates that you don't like very much, to even have a husband or a wife that you don't like very much when you are going to work 10 hours a day. Mm-hmm. Now, you, uh, the divorce rate right now is up higher than it's been in decades because women are leaving their husbands because they actually have to be home with them all the time <laughs> and are realizing that the man that they married is not someone that they would like to pursue a life with. So like, if she's thinking long run, we're going to be inside for the next six to eight months. I fully understand her being like, even yeah. if it's a temporary move, if we're in a house together all the time, I would like to enjoy my home space. So for I sure. That, I, don't, yeah. I don't think Kim yeah. should give up on her dream of no. moving. I just but, think um, that maybe it's something that she needs to have a talk with him about why he's so resistant to change. Yeah, Absolutely. like more. Yeah, 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 yeah. Communication, guys. Communication yeah. is key. Leave this is definitely it. Shantira and I are also both cancers. So for us, the home is everything. And we have to make our little shells the best we can make them. And so for both of us, when we hear Kim is unhappy in her shell... We need her to get out and need, yeah. she needs to find a bigger shell to get in. And yeah, the cancer sure. in us is also like, leave him for your freedom and your joy. Like right. a cancer that, will cut a bitch off. So we true. have to go in knowing that. 
And I'm a Gemini. I'm a Gemini. So I feel like I'm empathetic, but also totally understand where Kim's coming from. Yeah. You see both sides. <laughs> like Chanel. Yes. <laughs> um, okay. So that's that's our advice, Kim. Um, have a conversation with your husband, whose name we don't know. And uh, just figure out what he's so scared of. Because maybe he has a good point. It's Shit is scary. Shit is scary, man. Yeah. Shit is scary. <laughs> and like what's happening right now with everybody's jobs and like, you know, it's sort of a very unstable time. The election's coming up. We don't know what's going to happen there. If things do not go well, what the fuck are we going to do then? Yeah. We don't you, know. You might be going to a country where he holds the power over your green card. <laughs> Getting the heck out of Dodge. And I yeah. may be in your suitcase. <laughs> you know, I think that one thing that this time has done for everyone has sort of like laser focused what you want in your life and what's important and what you want to focus on and what you need, like as opposed to what you think you have to have, like what you actually, when you, when it comes down to it, what you need. Kim, we want to know how it works out. Let us know. We wish you the best of luck. We do. Good luck, Kim. I hope that it turns out the best for both of you. And I think if you guys really love each other, you'll figure out how to make it so that it's the best for both of you. 100%. At least for the next two years. Yes. <laughs> so um, thank you. Please keep writing in with your with your million dollar ideas that got away. And if you want to possibly ask us about a potential pivot in your life, you can email us at busydoingherbest at gmail.com. And um, I guess it's time for us to go. Well, wait, I wanted to talk about the music video. You guys watch it? <gasps> oh. No, because I, I watched that Michelle Obama thing. This morning. I have to watch it after we d- we leave. Wait, you didn't watch the sad music video I directed? I no, mean, because I was on a walk. And then I was like, I'm going to watch it when I get home. And then I got home and I forgot. And then this morning I watched Michelle Obama. So now I'm going to watch it. <laughs> Should we talk about Michelle Obama and my music video instead of Ryan Reynolds? Um, I don't know that we have time to do that today. I don't know if you have time to do that. <laughs> um, all right. Well, Kim, we wish you the best of luck. This has been real. Guys, this is Wednesday. This is when our show is going to be new every week. Each week we are going to be out on Wednesdays. So don't look for us on Monday because it's going to be Wednesday. Um, I thank you guys for tuning in. I've been loving your feedback. I'll post some pictures uh, today of things we chatted about. Um, And also check out the music video that I directed for um, Tom Berlin that stars my daughter. And Shantira, I can't even believe you haven't watched it yet because I it's love your favorite. Moody White Girls. I know. You I love, love them. I know, but I'm going to watch it right now. <laughs> okay. Sad, sad white girl music is like your thing, right? And yeah, it's my vibe. I mean, like it, I have a playlist called White Tears and it's just white women making me cry. So Is that on know, Spotify? How do people listen to that? Uh, it's on Spotify. If you follow, I don't, no one follows me on Spotify, but it's well, just Well, maybe called, they will now. Why don't you call, just- <laughs> It's called White Tears and it's uh, songs by white women playing guitars and every song on there has made me cry the first time I heard it. So it's a vibe. You put Tom Berlin's <laughs> other song 17 on there, right? Isn't that oh, on yeah. that playlist? Oh, oh yeah. so moody. Oh yeah, but I cried the y- first time I heard it. <laughs> you, sh- you need to put this song, you need to put this song on. Okay. Too. This is her new song. It's called Wasted and um, I love it. And guys, I love you. And um, thanks for joining us again. And I will 
I'll see you online. Something. Bye, see you y'all. next week. We love Bye. you. Oh, no.